1: Well, how exciting is this? Girls Talk, Boys Talk live from Indianapolis. Our first ever live episode here. Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw Dating, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton, Aisha Morrison with you, your normal uh, host. We've got Jess Navarez back at home, but we are so excited to be joined in this first block by none other than Shereen Williams, who is a legend, <laughs> a legend in this building. If we talked about all the things she was so good at, we wouldn't have time to fill it. Wow.
2: I'm going to hire you as my agent.
1: <laughs> she Shereen, thank you so much for being with us. This is Aisha and I's first combine. So we've oh, kind of wow. just been running around. We've been taking everything in. But you've been doing this, obviously, for so many years. What is this process like for you? How exciting is it to just be back in Indianapolis every year and... and- Getting to cover this franchise that is the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I'm
2: going to date myself because my <laughs> very first combine was 1995. And at that time, there was nothing formal. Like all these interviews we have up on the – that didn't exist. Like you were in this one teeny tiny room. There were probably 100 reporters. That was about it. And you you went either went to the hotel, which was a Holiday Inn, mm-hmm. and you stood out in the lobby and waited for players. You waited for players outside the little – media room they had set up and there was nothing formal so you just kind of had to grab players and they would kind of help you sometimes if you you know warren sap was big for me that year because i worked for the orlando sentinel um they kind of help you get some players kind of sort of maybe but now it's turned into this ginormous um thing that they have here in indy so uh, pretty incredible the evolution of of where this thing has gone and and who knows where it's going to go as they're looking to possibly move it everywhere around the country <laughs> uh we don't know what's going to happen but i think it needs to stay in indy i think indy's a great place for it but you're right it, it this just kind of kicks off the next season and the excitement returns for for the next season and uh, everybody kind of gets those juices back of all right we
1: have a chance now 2023 we're all oh and oh all O and O, we forget what happened yeah. in 2022, even if it was another very sad playoff exit <laughs> yes. to the 49ers. Yes.
3: Uh, so what you're saying is, is that you know how to throw some bows? You're, <laughs>
2: yeah, you're exactly right about that. I've learned that. So the first, you know, first year, there's like a hundred reporters. You didn't have to do that, but now you absolutely have to do that. And I figured out how. You know, they have these little ropes up with the things on them, mm-hmm. and I figured out you either accidentally, kind of, on purpose, flip that little oh. rope. On accident On accident to get up closer uh, or you move the little thing with the rope on it up closer so you can get close to the microphone and kind of weasel your way around people so yeah i i've i've learned a lot about that and and like you guys i'm i'm not haley's a little bit taller, but than we are <laughs> oh, but you know you can kind of kind of navigate sort of like a small running back, just kind of navigate your way mm. in there toward the
3: speaker uh, I, now you make me feel like a baby because I was telling them earlier. The scrum for the DBs was, was so terrible. serious. I was yeah. trying to get up there. I said, "Oh no, I got to put some weight on, baby. I ain't gonna be able to do it." And then you come in here like we're at the hotel. We got to figure out how to. I'm like, oh, "Okay, never mind. Let me step my game up a
1: little bit." It's almost like you need binoculars. If you don't get there like <laughs> just it. the right time, you need like binoculars, and everybody needs a boom mic so that you can hear. It's just well, it's such an interesting phenomenon. I
2: will say this: so I needed. Um, it was I think it was the Panthers yesterday, and I think it was Frank Reich and. Um, they had it on their their site, and I couldn't hear in here, so I went back and watched it, and, and it was much better audio, and I could transcribe what I needed Good. off of that. So there's – I wish every team did that, but they're, right. you know – it, it, that does make things a little bit easier when you can't get close and it is amazing how you can't get close in some of these scrums you're trying tomorrow's going to be even worse with the quarterbacks yeah. here with yeah Bryce Young really? and cj stroud oh
1: there's some big names there's is, some big yeah. quarterback names i think in this draft i mean you would know that probably better than anyone right yeah, but I it's camp just out so yeah. you tell
3: me that i gotta camp out like a i locker. think
1: I today but i would imagine probably like times two for every
3: agree <laughs> yeah oh, those yeah. dbs like it was this is obviously a very db heavy draft yeah. and so when when they put those those potential first rounders out there. I was like, oh, this is a lot of humans. I don't know if we're yeah. gonna be able to get through here. <laughs> but yeah, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna step my game up okay, because it like sounds it. like we we can't be you know soft about it out here. I guess I gotta step my you game do. up. Shereen,
1: with this Cowboys team, it has evolved so much, even just over the tenure of Mike McCarthy. Yeah. He is now making even more changes. He'll be in charge of play calling, uh, parting ways with Kellen Moore, a lot of coaching changes along the way as well. When you look at how this franchise has kind of evolved in that way, does this year stand out in in different ways? To, because to me, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, it, it almost feels like we've been saying for so long that we want a championship. We're so tired of not getting there. But this really feels like the first year that everybody said, no, we're going all in and and we're going to make that a reality
2: well we'll see in free agency if that's the case and i think if you see (laughs) if you see them sign some players or a trade for deandre hopkins or something like that then i think we can definitely say that now the move from mike mccarthy to to take over the play calling I kind of like it, and and it has nothing to do with Kellen Moore. I think he did a really good job in his four years as offensive coordinator. I mean, you just look at where they ranked. Twice they were first in yards, I think, and once they were uh, first in points, and they're always right there, 11th, I think, in yards this year, but always right there uh, in the top 10, at the top of the top 10. Um, but having said all that, I think. Dak hit his ceiling with Kellen as far as he could go with Kellen Moore. And this gives him a different voice and a different play caller and takes some of those tendencies away that we saw against some of the better teams. And I also think it's a win for Kellen Moore. I think he's going to be really good with the Chargers. I think he's great for Justin Herbert. And Brandon Staley is going to be under a lot of pressure going into this year to win. And I think Kellen Moore will help him win. So to me, this is one of those rare win-wins when I think it could work out for both sides uh, for the better.
1: Where do you see the most need for uh, drafting, I guess, or adding in free agency when it comes to the team in 2023?
2: Well, I, th- I think you definitely look at the receiver position first. And I know they want somebody that's going to take the lid off the defense. They want somebody who can fly. But you look at a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, if they get in on him uh, trade-wise, uh, they could be really, really good with C.D. Lamb and with Michael Gallup, who, by the way, is going to be much, much better a year be better. after the ACL surgery. It always takes at least a year. Yeah. And he didn't have that. He had the injury on January 2nd. so he's just now a year into his recovery. He's going to be much, much better. But you've got to get that second receiver uh to go with those two guys and if you do that then then i think this offense will be really good and i you know listened yesterday to mike mccarthy's commitment to running the ball Mm -hmm. right now you you don't you don't know who your running backs are gonna (laughs) be you really don't so you know i think they do franchise tag tony pollard and i do think he's back and i do think that would be the right move for them to do that do you get ezekiel elliott back what at what price um, do you get him back? He could be like DeMarco Murray when you just said, this is what we're going to offer. If he takes it, fine. If he doesn't take it, then he walks away. And at that point, obviously, you've got to get another another running back. If your intention is to run the ball like Mike McCarthy says, he's going to run the ball. They already had the six most attempts in the NFL last year. If you're going to even more than that, then you're definitely going to have to have two backs that you really rely on. I know they like Malik Davis, but – You know, you're going to need another one, too.
3: Yeah, and when you look at Mike McCarthy now, granted, like he's – we don't know. People are – coaches are allowed to evolve. They're allowed to get better. So when you look at some of the things he did in Green Bay – he would have a power back, but he would have another guy who's yeah. like a Swiss Army knife, had some yeah. receiving qualities, stuff like that. Exactly so, right. so when you look at Tony Pollard, you look at him like, okay, well, maybe that's the Swiss Army knife. We'll see if he decides to add another guy similar to that, or if he decides to bring in a, if they do decide to bring in a guy that's, if Zeke's not there, that is more power and able to really pound the rock. But also, too, when you talk about running the ball, I think one of the things that gets misconstrued with, the Cowboys and their run attempts and how much they ran the ball last year—it was how they ran the ball and was it efficient and how they absolutely. ran the ball. So, yeah, you're running on second right down, line. but you're running inside the tackles. Yeah. We saw some of the best defenses in the league, to include the Cowboys, have a lot of success. The 49ers struggle with edge runners, so guys running on the edges. No the question. Eagles struggle with that. Yeah. And that was something that the Cowboys lacked, the screen game. So yeah. you start looking at some of the gentlemen that's been that's been brought in now for the run game coordinating. I'm excited to see how the run game evolves into kind of what the modern run game is starting to look like. Yeah, you want power backs, but backs will receive in quality are so important yeah you look this draft they're starting to be the guys that and it's funny because it makes me feel like McCarthy maybe was a little ahead of his time because Mm -hmm. he was converting guys from wide receiver to a running back or just using them in those different ways so I'm I'm excited to see what he does with this offense and and the efficiency that this offense starts to play with hopefully moving forward I love that you use the free agency as a measuring stick for how serious <laughs> yeah. they are moving yeah. forward well, because-, because you have
1: to you have to keep it that way because you know when you even look at the draft class that the cowboys brought in last year tremendous draft class which i think typically the cowboys yeah. have right Thank but there, that. there were a few guys who were maybe some question marks Jalen tolbert is obviously the guy who comes to mind yeah. at first and you can't rely on just these rookies who have never played nfl football and expect to come in and win a super bowl with a group of of rookies so you have to Measure the free agents i think
2: yeah yeah i I, there's no question about that and i was covering the cowboys when when they went out and signed brandon carr for 50.1 million dollars on the first day on the first day of free agency and that is what did that's what they completely changed their mindset after brandon carr and they didn't go get those big name free agents that they had to spend a lot of money on there's no question about that they completely changed it now they've used the they've used trades i mean we've seen that with receivers they went out and traded for amari cooper and they said we don't have a receiver here who we can rely on as a number one receiver so they did they have made some moves for for some big name guys trade-wise but signing them as free agents when free agency starts they haven't done that and i do think you know i i like their long term building plan i do like it And, Mm -hmm. and they've drafted really well for the most part. You talk about Jalen Tolbert. They've, they've had some misses, but I, compared to other teams, I think this is a team that has drafted really, really well, especially in the early rounds. When you look at the Micah Parsons and the mm-hmm. C.D. Lambs and some of those players that they've gotten. Uh, last year, Tyler Smith. I mean, that's exciting. You've built your team around that. You've given those guys second contracts. I like all of that, but I think you also have to supplement that. And I'm not saying go out and sign. Ten free agents. But I do think you need to sign one or two free agents, especially one big-name, big-price free agent, to come in and help you. Preferably somebody with the championship pedigree. a Von we Miller, like that. <laughs> A Von Miller who can tell. And that's not necessarily the position they needed last year. But I think he would have helped in the sense of, I've won two Super Bowls this is the way we do it. This is the way we get there. This is what we do in the film room. This is what we do on the practice field. And
3: I think people follow those types of players. Now, I love that you brought up the championship pedigree and because the Cowboys team is it's a young team. Yes. Yeah. Very, Very much, young. Yes. A lot of these guys know each other, grew up with each other. And some of the more seasoned gentlemen in the in the room we're are seasoned. More seasoned <laughs> are the offensive linemen. So the Tyron Smith, the Zach Martins and stuff. Yeah. So some of these skill position players, you talk about C E Lamb, he's we talked about how much T. Y. Hilton coming in and just yeah, helped right. Jason Peters. Teach, Jason no Peters is so to your point. It, it makes a difference when guys have been there before yeah. to be able to mentor and echo down what the coaches are already saying. Now, the coaching staff has a lot of pedigree, so yeah. I, hopefully that trickles down. But, no, I, I love that you brought up the seniority and how that can help this young team.
2: Yeah, and I think it will. And, and uh, it is going to be a big test for them, I think, in free agency slash trades. Um, and I hope they get in on DeAndre Hopkins. At least make that phone call yeah. to to see what they want to see if it's worth it. You can certainly pay him. Um, are you willing to give up the draft picks that it takes? And and maybe I mean look what the Texans traded him for. It it didn't cost a first. Didn't cost the Cardinals a first round draft pick. So maybe it doesn't even cost you. If it doesn't cost you a first round draft pick, I say go if do it. If it's a
3: second. Ooh, besides, I want to say besides Trayvon Diggs, uh, the second round has been. It has been. So if, if I know I'm getting a guy no that is gonna come out there, and what do you keep...
1: call that move?
3: I don't know. Yeah. Apple oranges. I don't know. Like I don't. But yeah, I I feel like if it is a second round guy, yeah. you can you can. You can definitely do that. I would definitely that.
2: do that. I mean, they traded Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick. If we you don't want a, to talk about it. Uh, but if you can – my point <laughs> being, if you <laughs> can get a receiver like that for a fifth-round draft pick, like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. that That, to me, makes plenty of sense. And there's going to be some guys on the market this year because teams don't they don't want to pay them. i mean and that's what happened to the cowboys last year they didn't want to pay amari cooper so you can see if you can get some of these guys uh like that and and rework those contracts and and make it work. look everybody wants to play for the cowboys there mm-hmm. there's no doubt 90 percent of the players in this league want to play for the cowboys they need to use that on players and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but talk about all the opportunities they get off the field because they
1: play for the cowboys it's a business first and a football team second shereen before we let you go you know we've had a chance to meet with defensive linemen so far this week and we got dbs and corners or dbs and safeties today any guys that stand out to you that you think would be a good fit for this organization
2: well there's there's a lot and and you know i'll be surprised if they don't go offense in the first round um but having said that they've been really good at at drafting whoever's been there yes yes and and they did that with micah and they did that with Ceedee lamb and they didn't expect those two guys to be there and they did that with tyler smith yeah and 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 so and and look what you came out of it with so they've been really good at that and there will be some guys who fall and so I, i expect them to go offense but it's not gonna surprise me if one of these guys starts to fall, and they go, "Oh my gosh, you know, we never expected whoever to be here to draft him." And it, and whether that's a corner or a linebacker or whatever it is, I could even see them go defensive. I mean, it's a strong edge rusher, class, a strong DT say. class. So if they even, I wouldn't surprise me if they go that direction. If one of those guys starts to fall, and and he's there, and they say, "Hey, he's the best player on," D. And, and you know, the Cowboys, that was always their philosophy, and and they they didn't do that the year joe montana came out and uh he was sitting there and he was the best player on their board in the third round and they didn't draft him because they said well we don't need a quarterback so and that's just an example of you know take the best player whatever position if it's a quarterback whatever whoever it is is that best player available you take that guy at that point and they've done a extreme i credit will
3: mcclay they've done an extremely good job of that especially in the first round yeah and we just talked uh, to will mcclay before on the draft yeah. show he was sitting here and i mentioned that our i think on the outside looking in sometimes our bpa is not their bpa because it's the right. best player available for your team that's right who, how Absolutely. do they fit? How how are their characteristics? How are they going to be in the locker room? All that stuff matters. So I also too, it's just funny. Sometimes BPA around the league, the other people might be like, oh, that's the best player yeah, on the board. It's right now. it's yeah. different. It's depending it's, on your needs. But for the Cowboys, it might be, mm, yeah, we, we need a tackle, but this guy right here, this running back maybe right here fits what we want to do moving forward. I yeah. guess. So
1: well, Shireen, this is so fun. I wish we could spend our whole show just chatting with you. Enjoyed but I it. so appreciate I love, too, that this is International Women's Month and you're our guest on our show. Thanks so much. Uh, I look up to you so much. So thanks for being with us. Thanks, thanks for chatting for with me. Aisha and I. Yeah, We're going to go ahead and take our first break here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. When we come back, we'll get into some more of these players. And we'll talk a little bit about Mike McCarthy and what he had to say yesterday. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating.
0: All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with a recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit pepsitrashtalk.com to learn more.
1: Welcome back to girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw dating the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys A, this is how we country country music's party of the year is coming to ford center at the star in frisco the academy of country music awards are always bringing you country music's brightest stars together under one roof and no one does country like texas witness history on may 11th get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. Aisha Morrison, Haley Sutton, back with you. Aisha, we have had just the busiest of days. We have gotten to know so many people, I feel like, in the last couple of hours. But today, obviously, the focus was on the secondary and area of need that the Cowboys don't necessarily, you know, they're not bleeding, I think, in that secondary position, but you can always get better. They had some injuries down the stretch, as we know, with the Donovan or Donovan Wilson. He's on the brain. But with Jordan Lewis, uh, Anthony Brown. But we've had a chance to talk to some guys. I kind of want to just open up the floor to you because I know a lot of what you've been doing here is really analyzing <laughs> these guys. We're going to see them work out in just a little bit. But coming into today, i you two questions. Coming into today, who were you excited to talk to? And on the backside of that, who left you feeling excited after you listened to them talk?
3: So – Obviously, I think most people know that um, Emmanuel Forbes um, from Mississippi State is one of my guys that I'm very interested in seeing. I feel like his ball skills are elite. He he's when you talk about the Cowboy defense in particular, they take the ball away. Mm-hmm. They take the ball away. This guy finds the ball. Yeah, he's, he said that he, today, he, too. Yeah, he, he's, the ball just kind of comes to him. But also, too, credit to him. He talked about how deep he is into his film study, how much he, he looks at tendencies, how he wants to be a versatile player. Yeah, I can press, but I can also play zone and just some of the things he likes to do. Um, he also, I mean, I, like he does not like being compared to other players. I'll tell you that. Like he, <laughs> he's very much so his own person, which is which is normal for a DB. Yeah. But I always... Um, uh, one of the biggest things of concern is his size Um, a lot of people are worried about his frame he's a slim frame and everything but today seeing him I wanted to see him I wanted to see his stature and everything he looks lean he's slim but he looks lean and I think him coming out today and depending on how he tests is going to really help up his stock but also to uh, Joey Porter Jr mm-hmm. he's y'all He's y'all. famous. <laughs> He's famous around these parts, and um, just how people just lit up talking to him. He spent yeah. so much time talking to everyone. Uh, Sydney Sid- Brown from Illinois as well. He has the he has the twin brother that plays the running back for the team. He was also just so open to the media and I think that's something especially when we're looking at players for the Cowboys is important to me personally. How do they handle the media? How do they handle because it is a lot. It can be stressful and a lot of these gentlemen came out here. They answered so many of our questions. They were so open. So I think I walked away impressed with a lot of the DNs but of the uh, DBs but more than anybody JL Skinner was so so impressive dude. He's so sure of himself his ability and even talking about his recovery and stuff. He's just so... He was so open about it. But this guy the character is there, the character, the want to, the the coachability, and I think that he made a really good impact today on some people that are looking at him on, this, on their board.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. Before you guys had Will McClay on the draft show, I spoke with him just more about, you know, his role and, and what his week looks like here, because it's always interesting. You know, everybody who comes here, we all have a different reason for being here, mm-hmm. uh, and arguably, you know, he has one of the busier <laughs> jobs of all of us out here, but I asked him, I said, you know, obviously you want guys in this locker room who are, are going to be Athletes, right. You want guys who are going to make plays. But the reason why this team was so successful this year and they said it over and over and over again was because the locker room was so tight and you had these guys in the locker room that were so adamant about being there for one another. And that's exactly what Will McClay said. Is you know, I said, you know, what do you look for when you're when you're meeting these guys and, and how, what do you look for them as people? And he said, we want to make sure they're good character. We want them to be a good fit. Like, you know, the reason why we were successful is because we had those layers and why we've been so successful in the past is being able to have that team chemistry. I think Mike recognizes that, too. He wants to make sure, you know, guys like Donovan Wilson, who we'll get to in a minute, who's a free agent coming up, hopefully he'll return. But, you know, you have these guys who... It's such a tight-knit room, and you, you don't want to ruin that chemistry. You want to build on what you have. So it's just been really cool to see that. So now I'm going off on a tangent. But it's, okay. it's just interesting that you mentioned Skinner because that's what stood out to me too is just his his focus, his willingness to answer every question as it came to him. You know, he was very good about, you know, speaking clearly and just, you know— really wanting to be involved in a franchise and i think that's so that's an underrated part of this process for these guys
3: yeah and honestly being here has allowed me to see how much the defensive side of the ball dan quinn al harris Joey jr have made an impact yeah on the cowboys team and players want to come and be taught by them yes they light up when you mention you know playing for the cowboys i have you met with the cowboys and granted we know like most of these players a lot of them were for fans and stuff like that but now it's not i just want to be under the lights and everything now it's i know i'm gonna get coached Mm -hmm. i know i'm gonna get better What, what dan quinn and those guys have done on that side of the ball especially from the db side of things i'm sure that they're looking at they're looking at a donovan wilson who In the last couple of years, I think he has reasserted himself. He reminded people of who he was when he was an Aggie. Like, hey, my guy, I can play this game. And how important it is to be in the right situation for someone to play you to your best ability and use your ability. And I think a lot of these guys see that in the Cowboys, and that excites them to possibly be drafted by them.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of the the gentleman who I spoke to earlier who's from Texas A&M. I want to say his name is Jalen Johnson. Jalen Jones. Jones, thank you. Jalen Jones. Yeah, you. one of the things. Thank you. We've talked to so many people today, like all the names were together. But uh, that was something that stood out to me about my conversation with him, too, is, you know, he's never met Donovan before. He's never played with Donovan before, but he knows what kind of player Donovan is. And he said, when you talk about a guy who is going to give you his all, you talk about a guy who is you want in that in that uh, secondary with you, like Donovan Wilson is the guy. And it's just so interesting to see how, you know. Like Shireen was saying, everybody wants to play for the Cowboys, right? Everybody wants to be in this franchise. And they want to be a part of the business side of it, too. But just knowing that there's kids here who already have relationships with the current team, I think that's so important. I think that is such, an, again, an underrated part of this process because they go through a lot. Like even today, I was speaking with uh, Neshan's brother, <laughs> Rajan right? Uh, and, and, you know, I asked him even before we were actually doing the formal interview, I said, how are you? How have you been? And I said, "Is this overwhelming?" And he said, "The interview part of it, not really. Everything else, a little bit. Yeah, you know, so honest." And there, it, it's it's wild to me, you know, the things that these guys are expected to do, and just this process in general is always it. Kind of like Shireen was saying, you know, it it evolves so much and it's looked so different over the past couple of years. But yeah, just a lot of guys in here who have really done a good job of showcasing their football side, but also being able to relate to the teams that they want to go to.
3: Yeah. And the connections in the locker room, they mean something. Mm -hmm. They mean something. Keanu uh, Benton from Wisconsin talked yesterday. He's one of the guys I really (laughs) think the Cowboys could use. But. He talked about just Tyler Biotis, Jake Ferguson, and he and Jake Mm -hmm. Ferguson were roommates for a while. So it's the insight that they can get about you know being in the locker room and just what this process looks like from their team from former teammates and stuff i think helps prepare them i don't know if anything can prepare them for this we, baby i wasn't prepared <laughs> <laughs> right
1: we literally just walked in bright-eyed bushy-tailed and we're like all right let's just do this let's, let's, do let's it. get some stories mm-hmm. uh, while we're on the conversation of secondary let's talk a little bit about the free agents that the cowboys currently have so obviously we just spent some time talking about donovan wilson uh, you also have anthony brown and cj goodwin who i that completely flew over my head that he's a free agent this Year because he's just such a staple in the the, uh, special team So uh, obviously, all three of these guys have value. In my opinion, I think all three need to return. They all bring a certain set of skills that you know would benefit this team. But from your perspective, as someone who's been watching the tape really intently, you've seen what these guys operate. We know what free agents are out in the NFL already.
3: How important is it to get a deal done with these guys? I think it's important. I think so. I think Donovan Wilson is the guy would be the the priority guy on that list. Anthony Brown. I know this is he's coming off of an injury and, and things like that. An Achilles injury. I, an Achilles injury yeah, so at that. You know, four corners. It's a little difficult, but I was looking at, I think what Deron Bland was able to show, Israel McQuamu kind of letting people know, and I was a couple of guys that talked about him too, but Israel McQuamu kind of letting people know, like, hey guys, um, I'm a corner. <laughs> I know you. That's what I did. That's what I did. I know you want I, me to be a safety, am a corner. <laughs> but my core value is corners, it's corner. It's corner. I really feel as though, yeah, I, I know the Cowboys have the potential to get DB, but with those gentlemen kind of emerging it may change some of the conversation about whether an Anthony Brown returns or not. This is a super deep uh, cornerback class, and and there's very high potential that maybe that's the route that the Cowboys go. And when you talk about C.J. Goodwin, one of the best aces in the game, so he's talking to him in the locker room and just learning about the little Mm -hmm. intricacies of special teams has been so dope. If they pair another ace with him, or whatever corner that they possibly draft, or whoever they bring in, rookies play, they play special teams. Mm-hmm. They got to play special teams. It's also a conversation to have about Kelvin Joseph, who, granted, had the penalties, had some issues, but when he was clean, was a good gunner. So mm-hmm. do you can keep him here and polish him a little bit more and let him continue to refine that position? Because, granted, penalties happen. C.J. Goodwin had a lot of good things to say about Kelvin Joseph yeah. as, as a special teams player. Granted, yeah. no one wants a special teamer, a second a second rounder being a special teamer. However... That is such an important role to fill. I would I, I think that could be a discussion or whoever they bring in possibly from the draft.
1: There's exceptions to every rule. I think with Calvin Joseph, he is just so reckless and at some point there has to be a conversation said like Tracking. hey I agree the good has to outweigh the bad. Because like let's take Tyler Smith for example. Like he had a lot of penalties too and he owned up to it. He he said, you know, I was doing this wrong, I just wasn't getting it. It took exactly. me a second to get in. So There has to be risk-reward involved, so I'm okay with Kelvin Joseph, despite being a second-rounder. I'm okay with him being on special teams because, like you said, he's done a lot of good things, but there has to be a level of growth, in my opinion, and I think that's kind of how Mike McCarthy sees it as well. They want him on the roster. They think he's a good addition in that special teams route, but there's gotta 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 they've gotta tighten down on those penalties the discipline
3: the discipline because cj goodwin is a he is a leader also too in the locker room it's not just on special teams he's communicating he's whatever so to your point he is a guy that i do think that i I want them to bring back but if that's not the case whoever takes up the mantle better be on point <laughs> they better be on point because don't be looking at us like this. Listen, it, <laughs> special teams is we talk about it all the time. Like that hidden yardage, that that third part mm-hmm. of the of the uh, football game, it can change the game. It mm-hmm. it, it may, uh, make. He can make or break a game, so he needs to be on point, whoever it is.
1: Complimentary football is such a big thing to Mike McCarthy. He speaks about it in length. He spoke about it yesterday. So we are going to go ahead and take our second and final break. And when we come back on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, we're going to get into Mike McCarthy, what he said yesterday, and how he hopes to change this team going into the offseason. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw.
3: Angel Food Slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day.
1: Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw. Get behind the scenes, get a behind scenes look rather, all, all things Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium and The Star presented by SeatGeek. Check out the locker rooms, playing field, Super Bowl memorabilia and more. You can get your tickets today at DallasCowboys.com slash tours. I feel like we're going to need a tour of The Star after this since we've been here for so long. We haven't been in the building for a week at this point. <laughs> uh, Haley said, "Na'isha Morrison back with you here on girls talk, boys talk. Um, Aisha, obviously, we had a chance to hear from Mike McCarthy for the first time since the uh, final press conference of the season last year. The biggest takeaway went on one Oh five point through the fan last night. And they said, you know, what was the biggest takeaway? And for me, he was in such a good place. You know what I mean? He and it, happy, it's, y'all. he, he even said it. He said, this is the happiest I have ever been since being in Dallas. And like that, Like, that hit different, you know what I mean? Because I don't think he was necessarily unhappy, but there, it's no secret. Him and Kellen just weren't on the same page when it came to how they wanted to run the offense. At one point, he was worried he was going to lose Dan Quinn. So there was, I think, just a little bit of rumbling, a little bit of tumultuous energy within that room. But tumultuous. I know, right? Good a little, seasoning, <laughs> little seasoning. Little uh, seasoning. But obviously, you know, this is. We talked with Shireen. It seems like things are on the right track for this team to be making decisions to be successful in 2023. It's very apparent. That the guys in the locker room want to win, coaching staff wants to win, the front office hopefully wants to win. We'll see in free agency in the draft. But you know, it's interesting. He's so committed to building around Dak. There's been so many question marks about is Dak our the quarterback. He has been so adamant. Stephen Jones as well, very adamant in you know saying like Dak's our guy. We're going to build around him. They're committed to the run game, and the biggest thing is that he's going to be calling plays.
3: Yeah. He seems excited. It's, I can't even describe it. Like, when, when Mike McCarthy got here, he didn't have a choice of whether he wanted Kellen Moore or not as his OC. Mm-hmm. He, it seemed like he had a lot of say-so in some of his other coordinators and stuff like that. It was this weird in-between place where some of the gentlemen from the Jer- uh, Jason Garrett regime were still here. Mm-hmm. And then he brought in his guys. And so this, like you were talking about earlier, it feels like... These are his guys. This is his vision and what he kind of wants for this team. Seems like it's starting to come to fruition. And there's nothing better than feeling like, not that you have control over the matter, but you can dictate. He can dictate. Yeah. You feel more comfortable he, that way. Yes. Because
1: I think that was the issue. You know, they keep talking about how they have philosophical differences, which is the silliest language, in my opinion. It like, it, it's cut and dry. Like, Kelly didn't like to run the ball very much. Mike enjoys using the run game. So it's not philosophical. It's just schematics like yeah. that's the reality of it right but I think when you are calling plays and I think that's why he saw so much success in in Green Bay it you have that control right you you can you can have your say and you can say like no like we're gonna run the ball on third down or you know like we're gonna do a couple of short quick passes to to get the momentum going very similar to what the Eagles did I was about to
3: say <laughs> I mean when you look at some of the offenses around the league and it that's what they're thriving off of. They're thriving off of quick screen game. They mm-hmm. they they're thriving off of getting guys in position to to be able to carry the ball and to have yeah, they're getting guys that have yak ability. You look at mm-hmm. the 49ers. I mean, they had Brock Purdy come in. He wasn't just throwing deep shots. <laughs> he was throwing he was throwing short intermediate passes and guys were taking it to the house and mm-hmm. that's the to me the simplifying of the offense is something that's going to help Dak. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Dak Prescott and just how this offense has been run, I don't know if, if it's been built around what he does well. Clearly, the Eagles have built around what Jalen does well. Mm-hmm. When Brock Purdy was playing, what does he do well? Like, Joe Burrow, like, they're really – other teams have taken the initiative to say this is our guy this is what he does well this is not what he does he does well we're not gonna make him do the things he Mm -hmm. does not do well and we're gonna put guys in position to help him make plays qb friendly guys just simplifying for him and i'm excited watching Dak's career I've gotten to watch all of his career he's at that point to where I know he can take another step as a quarterback if he has a coordinator or coach that understands what he does well and puts him in position to do it so I'm thrilled for him because I think this might be the first time in his career yeah going into year seven eight eight is eight eight. that he's gonna have that and it's I just I'm I'm happy because I don't want I think a lot of people are giving up on him, and I think they might see an uptick. I think we might see a couple people flip the switch when you see your quarterback doing the things he does well again.
1: Yeah, like I said, Mike is committed to building around him. We'll see how committed that is from a a weapon standpoint and what Mm -hmm. they can add with, you know, (laughs) just CD right now (laughs) being, you know, like Shereen talked about, Michael Gallup coming back off of that injury. Uh, But I'm more interested to see, you know, like put – Put pen to paper, you know, put Say word, put word to mouth, like, you know, I and so I find that to be interesting. And we had a chance to speak with him at the lunch yesterday again. Just he just felt different. It felt like he was in a, a better place. He felt like, you know, Jerry in the front office is finally starting to trust what he can do. And to me, that seems like it was the most difficult part of his career because you mentioned coming in in 2020 he didn't really have a choice but also when you think about the setback that he had that being the pandemic year so you're coming into this franchise you have no idea who anybody is and on top of that you can't because we're all meeting through computers you know you're not getting to do a typical training camp you're not getting typical ota so you're missing that face time the meetings are different and so i think every year there's been improvement with mike mccarthy obviously and and not just improvement on paper but improvement just in general, within the franchise, you're seeing him kind of gets, come into his own. You're seeing him kind of be more comfortable in speaking up and saying, like, I don't like this. I want to do this. So I'm excited to see, you know, how he works that. And he also talked a little bit about uh, Brian Schottheimer and, you know, just the, the benefits that he will bring at OC, um you know, because a lot of us don't really know a ton about him from a Cowboy standpoint. Mike just kind of said, you know, he's a guy's guy. Like, he's good personality everybody likes him but also his relationship with Dak is really good and that's obviously something that you want out of your quarterbacks coach well,
3: one thing about Sol- solari is that well and Shottie, Shottie is mm-hmm. he's like we do this well we don't do this one we do this well he's very aware of what his teams do well even when he was with the Seahawks not the best not the best offensive line that's okay Mm -hmm. but this is how we're going to run the ball we're going to do quick stuff we're going to get you guys on the move we know you're not going to be able to hold up just holding blocks but we're going to get you moving around he understands what his team does well and he does it and I appreciate that and I think again that's something I feel like has been missing from this team
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely been just that that one missing piece that I think when it clicks, the light bulb will come on and hopefully, you know, we'll see a Super Bowl. Uh, (laughs) Last thing before we wrap things up here, we talked about, you know, obviously this draft and, and what this these guys offer and what they bring to the table, but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what the guys in last year's draft did and how beneficial they have been to this year. Mike talked in length just about, you know, making that second year leap was something that was extremely important to him because that's kind of the next. Generation. It's the next foundation. Hopefully, or at least that's what you want, right? You want to get the bulk of those guys to stick around and be able to do, you know, play the Cowboys way. And so I thought that was interesting. You mentioned Tyler Smith being a cornerstone of, you know, what they want to continue to build. Uh but just real quick, last question for you, your expectations for that group and you know, how do you see them kind of excelling going into year two?
3: For the rookie for the rookies from last yeah. year. Right? It's crazy to think it's crazy to think that Tyler Smith can get better. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to think that All this was his first year. I mean, Jake Ferguson, a guy that we wanted to see more of. And th- that's the thing. When you talk about even the rookie class, the tight ends, we were so excited about Peyton Hendershot, Jake Ferguson. We saw less of them as the season went on. So with Mike McCarthy, how he runs his office, is tight and heavy, right? Yes. So we're going to get the opportunity. I'm sure they're excited about getting the opportunity to be on the field more. Um, Deron Bland, just the idea that he can get any better. Mm-hmm. Damone Clark coming back. He was inserted into this off this defense out of nowhere and was just learning on the fly. Mm-hmm. Having him be able found to found out a, five minutes before what the Lions yeah, it was Lions yeah, or the just, Bears yeah. and
1: they're like, "Hey, just so you know, you're you're not special teams today." Like, <laughs> just you know, And
3: they're like, "He's gonna play some special team snaps." Oh, he's a linebacker the whole time. Did just, I say special teams? Yes. And from the linebacker position, you know, just that's a. a A position that takes time to learn to diagnose and stuff. So I could see him coming back being better. It's, and then we talk about Jalen Tolbert, a Mm -hmm. guy that folks are, you know, a little down on. Let Mike McCarthy get, get this guy, build some confidence in him, get him acclimated to this, the simplifying of Mm -hmm. this offense, the language, all that stuff. See how he adjusts in this year. And then Sam Williams, who, Everyone wanted to see more snaps of him. I I do like how they kind of slow played things, helping him learn the game. And he is – Mike McCarthy mentioned him. Is that a guy that he thinks is going to take an uptick this season? So, yeah, this – that – draft class was well put together and I really do think those guys are going to take jumps into the next direction just learning their positions and being more sharp it's so interesting
1: how every single one of those guys has a story you know what I mean and I know we all have a story so I don't want to take that away but each one of those guys I mean you think about Damone Clark who found out he had a herniated disc here at the combine and they you know they said hey you can't do that you've got deron bland who was a fifth round draft pick out of fresno state that nobody believed in you know every single one of these guys is is so special in that regard but also special on the field so it'll be interesting to see how they continue to develop it'll be interesting to see how the quarterbacks and the wide receivers perform tomorrow because that's obviously at least from a wide receiver standpoint that is a need for the dallas cowboys we will be here tomorrow for our final day of the combine, but this will do it for Girls Talk Boys Talk this week. So thank you so much for being with us in our inaugural live episode of Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw. We will see you guys next week on Thursday, 10 a.m. back at the Star in Frisco. But for now, we will say so long from Indianapolis.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
1: How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!